Hello and welcome to Rebel FM episode 248. I'm Anthony Gallegos. Joining me is Arthur Geese. Falafel. Full of falafel. And uh, Matt Chandrenay. I'm so happy you're back. Yeah. Oh my God. Where you were here. No, basically we for like the last six weeks we've been trading off Matt and Mitch. Yeah. yeah. So. And I, Mitch might be gone again next week. Yeah. Uh, well. I think he's yeah. going to Poland on Saturday. Oh. Can wow. we go see some CD project, huh? Maybe. Yeah. That would be the best guess. That's, is that where they're going to announce that The Witcher is delayed? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, other than CD Projekt, I guess he could be going to see some Daisy stuff. Uh, it's worth saying right now that we are witches once again, because another game whose delay we predicted has come true. Really? Which one? I don't oh, remember, I don't remember yeah. predicting that. I thought it would be fine. We definitely predicted that it uh, would be delayed. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think that's a big surprise to anybody nope. who's really paying attention. What did, what did it actually, what was the delay? Uh, till next spring. Oh wow! So I would say probably May. Yeah, <sighs> it's probably for the best. Oh, I, it's absolutely for the best. Well, what am I going to play this year? On your Xbox, <laughs> probably. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't. There's I wouldn't, no other games coming out. I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft takes this as a good reason to delay Tomb Raider as well. So. Well, you might as well just play Destiny. That's what everybody. Wants. Why Tomb Raider? I feel like it's got to be much farther along. I could be wrong. Uh, the last Tomb Raider got delayed out of fall into spring. Yeah. Hmm. I'd so. be curious to know what they're making this new Tomb Raider in. I think the last one was Unreal. I think. I don't, I don't know. Actually, was, I don't it may have so. been their own engine. I thought it was their own engine. I thought it was like the engine that that they built for something else <laughs> that they used, but maybe not. <laughs> it would, I, they should be using Glacier for everything. What's Glacier? That's uh, Absolution's engine. Oh. And Absolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess they do own them, so yeah. they do have access to an engine. So um, now you can get unreal frostbite when walking on a glacier. Uh, and then Arthur oh, just looks at me like he wants to kill me. No, that was the Kermit look. <laughs> now there's a lot of engines, but the only two engines that really matter out there are are Unity and Unreal. Pretty much. That's that. If you're, unless you work for a company that owns one of the other engines. I mean, sure. Game Maker, I would mm-hmm. say, we see as often, as, oh, yeah, well, way more often than Unreal 4. True. Sure. I guess if you're like a three-man project, but Unity is still the far more ubiquitous one, and Unreal sure wants to be it. And CryEngine is like a, a distant fifth. Well, now that Unreal is going to happen with that? Yeah, I think true. the only games that are using CryEngine at this point are Star Citizen and, I don't know. If anything, that cry tech <laughs> ends up shipping. Did you did you see that uh, that news story today? That or I guess one of the Star Citizen devs said that the install looks like it's going to be about a hundred gigabytes. I mean, for everything they want to do, it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> if they really uh, were trying to do all that. How? I How? S- I still can't believe that anybody. How different can space look? <laughs> well, in theory, you're supposed to be able to land on planets and shit. Right, but procedural shit, for God's sake. God, I still can't believe that like anybody is out there paying $150 for a spaceship. Really? I mean, I did months really? ago when I thought it would be out by now. <laughs> you can't believe that? <laughs> I can totally believe that. 
I guess um, I can't believe it because like I barely have you know fifty bucks to run to rub together at any one point. Having one hundred and fifty is like goddamn. Like I I can totally accept that there are like an, a a fair number of people who are willing to pay way too much money into that game. Yeah, but as much money as they've made, <laughs> it's stunning to me. <laughs> it really is, and they keep adding stuff to it. It's like, oh, well, now we're going to have this, I guess. Yeah. Like, they weren't going to do a campaign, right? And now they're going to, I think? Uh, I don't know. Well, there was always going to be a campaign. I thought that... No, the campaign was always the plan. The campaign was... was, multiplayer. You play campaign, and if you beat the campaign, you actually are a citizen when you go into the multiplayer thing. And if you don't complete the campaign, then there are other ways to earn your citizenship. What is this, Starship Troopers? Yeah, well, if you don't have citizenship, (laughs) you can't go to the inner systems. Without Ooh. without potentially having to evade police and stuff, which so. I'm sure somebody will. That want sounds to like do Anthony's do. idea of a good time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would play through the campaign and get citizenship anyways. But yeah. then, you know, um, do you want to start a pirate crew? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I bought a ship that can hold multiple people for a reason. Oh shit! Seriously? Because you have a you problem. bought one of those? Yeah. Oh, that's not, awesome! Not, not the big one that can launch sure, a fighter. Sure, sure. I know. You mine, bought a mine's the, mine's the equivalent of like. Mine's the equi- mine's mine has a very small cargo can, hold. Can I mine's call like slave one about slave one? Nice. Size. Can I call like, dibs on a crew member slot? Run. Huh? Can I call dibs on a crew member slot? Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, I've at this point in game, all I've done is been able to walk around in it. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Did you buy? You got Elite Dangerous, right? Yeah. Well, I guess but you I, have a Steam Press account, so but, you didn't really. No, buy it's it. not on Steam. No, Elite Dangerous. I thought it was. You can buy it through their website. <laughs> That's it. You can buy it on us. So, no, <laughs> it's, it, I, 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 I bought that game, but uh, I haven't played as much yet just because I haven't had time and it requires some serious thinking of knowledge. It's coming to Xbox One this fall. Yeah, I'll be or curious. Summer. I'll be curious to see how they do that. That's a game that would have actually, in some ways, benefited from Connect stuff. Mm. Maybe. Just from like, I mean, I could see it having head tracking. Yeah, I just mean like maybe some of the stuff to be able to like do a quick swipe and look to your right console and your left console if they could make it work. I don't feel like that ever works. But just because that when you're in the cockpit, you have to manage everything that you're normally managing about a ship, but then you also have to manage communications and uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Oculus. Yeah, I mean, I'll be, <laughs> I, I'll be curious to see how that game goes. I mean, I'm sure it will happen just because the game's done at this point. They've, yeah. So now they just have to do a porting of it. And those guys made good on their game very fast, generally speaking, from like Kickstarter to release. Nice. Like a, I haven't really followed yeah. it. Yeah, while they were making other games, no less. Yeah. Wow. So Because so those Skills. are the people who made Scream Ride and Zoo Tycoon. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they, they do and some good. And Freelancer, I think. They do some good shit. So um, I, I think that that game's really good. It's just don't go into it thinking that it's going to be like Rogue Squadron or something because it demands a <laughs> lot more like intense knowledge of of how your ship works than rogue squadron ever did um, like but you can do all the power switching mechanics that you really liked about old x-wing so nerds so, yeah, <laughs> if you want to get that deep you can uh and you have to I Anthony, say. you didn't go to gdc right no not at all matt you did i did did you play anything i did there? oh you want me to talk about it oh <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know. That was one of the more awkward silences we've ever had. Was there something you played that was something that we haven't heard of? Um, like in some indie booth? That's like basically the only see. time you see that shit. Push Me Pull You? Never heard of it. Yeah? Did you play Push Me Pull You? Is it like a two player game? I don't care about that indie garbage. Is it a, is it a two player competitive game or something? Uh, four player. Okay. And uh, uh, so. Local co op? 
Local co-ops, same, same, well, uh, local versus, two versus two. Okay. Uh, so it, it's an arena. It's a circular arena with a ball that spawns in the middle. And then two people on one, you're trying to keep the ball on your side. The other team is trying to keep the ball on their side to a point where your, and you can see, like your half of the arena, your hemisphere starts to fill up. And when it fills up, you score a point. And the first the first team to three point wins. But the awesome thing about this game is that each of you are one side of a worm. and uh, But the worm has like human faces and human arms <laughs> on each end of it. And uh, you, you run around and uh, you're connected to the other guy who's running the other way. And uh, you can either of... Eat, each one of you has the ability with like R1 trigger to extend your body and L2 trigger and R2 trigger to contract your body. It's a little it's, bit like a, what was that game? It sounds like Human Centipede meets Nobi Nobi Boy. Yeah, it Nobi Nobi Boy. It's exactly what everybody said when we Which were playing it. Which is gross. <laughs> it's, it's like super weird and disturbing, What's but the goal so of me? much fun. To like pull them over the line or something? Yeah, so you, you'll end so up it's like tug of rap- war. It's, it's, it, no, well, except like you'll end up wrapping like your dual headed snake human centipede person around a ball and like pulling it to your side of the arena and then you're trying to keep it on your side of the arena and then they're two-headed like growing shrinking worm snake thing you're wrestling them yeah and like uh you're trying to like shrink and grow your worm thing (laughs) so that you can like surround the ball and so that you can like uh worm your way like literally like inside of their their like little They'll be surrounding the ball, and like you try it to like so get inside of there and surround the ball and pull it in another way. It's so important oh that you're God. specific here because it's <laughs> this could be really gross. <laughs> <laughs> I am slightly disturbed. There, there was like yeah, when we were playing, there were all kinds of uh, innuendo flying back and forth. Wow. The, the game is great. Like it was so much fun because it was like it's just one of those couch co-op things where everybody starts yelling and they're like, no, no, oh I got it, I got it over here. Good party game, huh? Yeah, really got, good party game. So YouTube played couch co-op stuff like yep. you are in a position frequently to do that or semi-frequently do you feel that the ship has sailed no. for more games looking to be couch co-op experiences <sighs> no there's a there was a lot of games at gdc looking to be couch co-op and right there's a lot of indie games looking to do it but. i told i i'm not saying that people aren't making them i'm saying is there room for for more like oh, I, from a sort of market perspective. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough because for me and my friends, we pretty much just go to Towerfall. That's right. all we'd still go to. This is what I'm, I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah, but, but my... Or so, Smash Bros. Well, or well me and my Beast, friends... I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Gang Beasts. I mean... Gang Beasts is great. But that's Mount an example. Friends. Um, yeah. Gang Beasts is an example of another game where like people talked about it a lot for like a month and then no one ever talks about it anymore. Well, that's and, because it wasn't much in development. But at GDC, they had a much better looking version of it. It's improved drastically, the engine and everything. Uh, the visuals have improved. The controls have improved. There was like some kind of weird big head mode thing going on. I still on think that that game's going to have a difficult time in some ways. My like The thing for me is that and I think that we've talked about this a little bit on the show before that like the first impression a game like that makes when you sell it is like th- what that game has forever. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think people are going to be like, Oh, gang beast. Cool. They fixed the graphics on level three. I think for me, that'll <laughs> always just be a game that it'll just be like on one of those occasions you have people over that are just hanging out. That'll be in the rotation. It's, it's a, board a, it's game a rotation. It's a, yeah, pull out of the closet. Exactly. It'll be like that Jackbox tower fall, maybe some, Gun, gun, whatever. Samurai gun. Samurai gun. Or yeah, you just see, play like, Towerfall. 
Yeah. Well, that Towerfall is definitely in that the majority of that rotation. Yeah, but as, it, lo- as well as Jackbox, the Jack Party Box. That's the shit. That's a really good series of games. Yeah. The yeah. fact that they packaged all that up was so smart. But at at Area Five and other events or whatever, we just like load up somebody's Steam account and just like go through the rotation. Like we're playing all these games, so it. Uh, I don't really think the ship has sailed unless you have a particular group of friends that are, that are like insisting that Tower Falls the end all be all of all couch co op games. I feel like you never that's want a lot anything of else. a lot of people though. Well, I think it might be a lot of people in our particular sphere, but like especially when I play with people that like you know aren't games press or aren't games industry people, they just want to go one game to the next. Hmm. And I think kind of, that- and there's a lot of it's. It's like the conversation carries on. Like people, like they'll play it a bunch, and then like you'll see some people. They're kind of like getting up and they're chatting in the kitchen or whatever, not playing anymore. And then you switch games, and everybody comes back and sits down and is playing the new game. I think there is a lot of room for someone to do it if they make a game where they uh, where they if they make a series like a, a game where there's online play. That's the thing missing from a lot of these. That it needs the first game that comes out like that and it has both online and. Mm-hmm. Local co-op that could be really big, like much bigger than the other ones. Um, Matt, I, this is a question for you in your friend group, I think, because I think it most applies to you out of everyone here. Why yeah. the hell aren't you guys playing fighting games instead? Uh, because, well, you know, Jason and Ryan, uh, my partners at Area Five, are the only two that are super into fighting games. Like everybody else that we know, just will button mash, but we're not like hardcore about it. And is it just because the stuff is simpler? This stuff is simpler. It's you way can appro- just dive in. I mean, even my girlfriend, who's admittedly not the greatest, like at playing uh, more technical video games, she will regularly win in Towerfall <laughs> just by she just shoots and dashes. That's all she does. She kind of yeah. almost mashes them together, and she's so unpredictable that she'll end up like head stomping people and stuff like that. Like, especially if you turn on like ghost mode or something. Yeah. She's the wild card. Well we'll, well, we'll we'll also usually like maybe we'll give her a handicap. Like she regenerates arrows constantly. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean. Yeah, I just feel like those games, like that, the you know, for someone like her who has trouble approaching dual analog sticks and stuff like that, like the going back like to a, a Mario style human. thing is like, mm. is you know, well, and then you know, like with, and then if you know, let's say Push Me Pull You comes out and it was in the uh, the Indie Mega booth, so I'm sure it's like destined for some kind of release. Uh, it was uh, four or five years from now. Yeah, you you put that on a TV in a room full of people that have been playing a bunch of co-op games. You're going to get everybody's attention because they're going to go, "What the fuck Gross. is this?" <laughs> yeah, and then f- everybody will play it. I feel like someday there just will be a humble bundle packed with like that and mount your friends and some other dumb stuff <laughs> that's just like really weird, bizarre. Well, mount your friends is super fun because it's such a spectator game, and because you pass the controller around and take turns. Yeah, you know? and it's hard. It's hard. It, it's it actually is. a lot of skill when you see someone who's really good in it. Yep, yep, yep. So. Um, you go and you can turn gravity low so you can fling yourself that's up higher. We only on the tower. play low gravity. <laughs> so, yeah. And if if people haven't seen this game, just go Google it. Like it's it's really something that needs to be seen to be believed. Yeah, it's fun. It's like four. It's like four player co op in a way. Yeah, trying to make a tower of each other. Yeah, four player co op and versus with kind of a hot potato hot seat sort of thing. Um, well. Is that so. the only cool thing you saw? That's the standout thing from GDC. <laughs> did you get really... to do any VR? No, there was I just did. there was too many lines and too. I'm so curious how yeah. you felt about it because exactly. Arthur is is a well known skeptic of a lot of the VR stuff. 
Uh, as far as its ability to be taken yeah, on popularly. And I mean, like, my experience with VR stuff is very minimal. Because, yeah. That's like, what I'm saying. I'm just curious how you felt about I'm it. I'm a little paranoid about getting pink eye at an event from a thing. Under, understandable. Um, There's a lot of buttholes on our heads. Yeah. Um, people rubbing their asses on headsets or just, like, picking their crotch and, like, putting on headsets. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I tried the the new Oculus prototype. Yeah. I don't I, know whatever they called. fucking call it stupid whatever it's like the the newest oculus prototype so i didn't try beach, uh, soft beach or something who knows i don't know i'm uh, just saying they, they always come up with some dumb name so i it. didn't try valve's thing um and the thing about valve's headset that strikes me is that i i hear a lot of people talking about like how good the hardware is but i but i don't when they talk about it they're not talking about the hardware they're talking about the software hmm. yeah and i think that the thing for valve's stuff that that got people whether they understood it or not seemed to me as someone who didn't play it so you can like take my opinion and shove it up my ass like symbolically if you want to all right uh, is that not right now oh um is that they were absorbed by what they were doing in that simulation because it's like oh well here's the thing involving the portal robot right uh, or like here's like a kitchen thing like it's like surgeon simulator in the kitchen, and here's a bunch of shit. Um, so they were doing something. Yeah, I mean, VR. they had they have some of the better software demos. Yeah, mm. which is not which doesn't surprise me because they had a very like aggressive VR initiative for a long time, and then they fired everybody. Right. Yeah. And there are lots of stories behind that. There are lots of stories about Valve stuff in general, and nobody will ever <laughs> talk on the record about any of it. Uh, so they have software to show that stuff. Um, but meanwhile, I saw the the new Oculus, the newest Oculus prototype, with the stuff that Epic was doing, which yeah. is um, uh, the UE4 VR tech. So I saw you a, saw a soda can get kicked past your face or something. Well, no, I mean, first I saw a like a sort of st- a demo in like a futuristic street where there was a robot at the end, like shooting at these cops and blowing everything up, and so it was just like. <clears throat> going in very slow motion towards it and like you could see like the the bullets whizzing by and like the cars exploding over you and like you could look up inside and see inside the car and shit as it went over you mm-hmm. and finally it sort of went up the robot's crotch and that was the end of that demo <laughs> um, as one does and so the thing for me about that is that the verisimilitude of the visuals is really immersion breaking um like how come like not ex- especially high resolution normal maps like soft textures like objects that don't look completely realistically situated in the space yeah remind me that it's not a space like it's not absorbing well, um, what do you mean an object that's not realistically simulated you mean like something floating above the ground that should be on the ground or no just like the the relationship of objects to other objects the the shading the lighting like this stuff is not photo real and that and uh, in his talk, Carmack or not Carmack, uh, what's his name from Epic? Tim know. Sweeney. Tim Sweeney. Yeah. Oh, that sorry. Guy. Uh, who I talked to, who's a very awkward, but genuine speaker. <laughs> uh, Tim Sweeney was talking about how photorealism is what's going to allow for game experiences in VR that people can buy into. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may be true because the absence of photorealism in the demos I saw is what broke me out of it. Um, I think that it's a neat gimmick mm-hmm. to look around stuff. Um, but the real sort of like sort of underlining moment of that thought that I had was in the next demo, which is the thief in the darkness demo that they were talking about, which is 
the scene from Desolation of Smaug where uh, Bilbo is in the treasure room Mm -hmm. and Smaug is underneath the coins and he comes up and he gives his little speech. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens, like you, you look around and you see like the space uh, and, and they tell you to kneel down and look at the chest and they're like, wait, how high res the textures are in the chest. And they're very high res, but like the normal (laughs) maps are like not don't stand up to scrutiny, like literally right in front of them. Right. Um, And when Smaug comes out, uh, I think the, the impression of space is strong. Like it looks like a huge room. He's very large. He goes over you while he's talking and all that. Mm -hmm. But as an example of that immersion break breaking, like he grabs onto one of the columns and his fingers clip through Uh, and he's not, it doesn't seem like he's casting shadows on things. Like everything that you take for granted in life that you don't know that you see that lets you know subconsciously that you're seeing something real is absent in those demos because the amount of graphical horsepower to do those things in a VR experience does not exist. Mm-hmm. It it does not unless you have like a triple GPU solution to the point where Nvidia announced the most advanced graphics processor that they have ever created at a surprise thing at Epic's little state of unreal uh session. Yeah. Um that has 12 gigabytes of DDR which is more than their most expensive card right now which is $3000. Right. <laughs> Um, so, so Smaug is there, but like, I've seen this in the movie, like I know what it's supposed to look like and I've seen it recently Mm -hmm. and it's just not up to that level of quality. And Mm -hmm. so that breaks my immersion in in that as like a real space. I guess it's, it's maybe I'll never feel like it's a real space. I imagine, but I just wonder if I'll, if the novelty of being able to look around the space as I'm playing, it will be. I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it, it's for for me like the like the novelty hasn't worn off yet because something like that like I would notice it I would notice like his claws you know clipping through a column uh, in a not realistic way for sure but like uh, I'm so willing to believe the lie when it comes right. to 3D and when it comes to uh, VR. That like I just I get completely absorbed and sucked into it. Sure, and I mean like all of this is an academic conversation because to go to the other thing is that like Matt, you will never have a VR headset in your house. <laughs> yeah, like or it will be more than a decade before you do. Yeah, because it'll be you a can long buy time. a reasonably priced used car for what it will cost just to get on board, <laughs> right? With VR, like yep. in your house, yep. to say nothing of the fact that even what Valve showed had a bunch of cords over your head. Yeah, exactly. Like everything that everyone is showing is not a practical consumer device. Right. But um, I mean, this is how it always starts. I, how what always starts? How technic- technological advancements start with the thing that's totally impractical and is only for certain segments of the population, whether it's businesses or whether it's like extremely wealthy individuals. And then it eventually like becomes a proof of concept that becomes smaller, cheaper, faster, lighter. Yeah, I, I just don't think that the things that catch on that way are isolating. I think that the technology that grows in that way is technology that, that is shared in some way that like is a group experience that like people participate in with each other and see it. And that sort of reinforces the cool factor and VR is very much not that, um, well, it depends on what you're talking about with a social experience. I mean, if you're talking about the fact that somebody can go look at a VR, go go in, have a VR experience, 
and then come out and say to everybody how awesome it was, you know, then like you have conversations with it afterwards. I, I don't think that, but I don't think that the conversations afterward are really what, what would do it. But I mean, that's all ancillary to the point of, I think that if you really desperately want VR to be there, like it's going to get there to the point where you can justify to yourself that it's worth looking at. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that it's anywhere near where it needs to be for like a normal person to look at it and say anything, but Oh, it's like a video game. Oh no, not at all. Um, and the barrier to entry is insane. Yeah. Uh, like Sony will not say anything about the price of Morpheus. Uh, Valve, I don't think has said anything about the price yeah. of the gear VR or whatever, but it's going to be a lot. So that's the weird thing to me is the fact that they're, because I mean, like we're, we're talking about, you know, Valve, Sony, Microsoft, and Oculus, you know, they all have their VR things, but there was like three or four other like VR tech companies there. Like I can't even remember the names. They're, they're brands you never even heard of. And it's right. like, it just, it's so weird to me that for something that's so far out, you know, it's like, when we first started seeing HD TVs and they were $10,000 if you wanted something that was 720p, you know, like the it there they were only put out there like a um at like a CES by like the big companies you would expect. Right. Yeah. But this time there's like all kinds of people jumping into the VR fray way early and I wonder why. It, I can't it help but weird... think that they are trying to get their technology out there at a show like this so that a bigger company will buy them. Yeah. Venture yeah. capital companies just wanted to get bought. Yeah. Or like bigger electronics companies, like yeah. whether for their patents or their tech or their design, like yeah. they want to get bought because they will never bring themselves to market because selling a consumer product is hard. <laughs> right. I, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I think the Valve thing will probably, what do you think is a price that they will charge? A couple thousand dollars. I really think that much. I don't wow. think any of them are going to be less than that. I mean, like, you may. I mean, you may Oculus get like might a, be. Oculus, Oculus might yeah. be like seven hundred for a consumer device because it's the furthest along, and that'll be like their basic model. Or why whatever, would the consumer but, one be so much more expensive than, than the dev, the dev ones? kit? Yeah, because they're selling dev kits at a loss to get people on board mm, to create mm, software. Mm, mm. I see. That, okay. in my opinion, I could be wrong, but I, I think that that's what's happening. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I. Like, I understand that people are excited, and I think it's totally fine that there are people, like, who have the Oculus dev kits at their house, and, like, they will, like, dive into VR, and they're excited about it. Like, <laughs> Ben Kuchera at Polygon is well known for his enthusiasm for VR. Like, yeah. he will literally talk your ears off, like, almost literally talk your ears off about it. <laughs> um, but I, I haven't <gasps> seen anything that has me convinced, and I'm... As skeptical, if not more so, about VR as I was about 3D, like as a going consumer concern. Uh, and I think 3D had less challenges in front of it. Uh, I, I still think that, like, even, you know, back when we were talking about 3D, and I still hold to this, that 3D and VR are the inevitable experiences for the media that we're going to consume or are a ready available option for us at some point. Because the experiences are just too powerful to, like, you know, fail forever i there but they're still a long way off but it's it's inevitable i don't think that they we all know how this ends no i think that <laughs> that those things any technology any media device that is not glanceable like that is not easy to consume quickly and walk away from is catering to a niche audience like anything that you can't just like look at as you walk through a room that you can't 
turn on and easily walk away from anything that is not quickly abandoned for the rest of your life is something that doesn't have like a mass consumer audience someday when it. we have tony stark style <laughs> iron man helmets that we can just wear on the back of our head when we're in the bathroom and then tap the button and resume vr like i think that that ar has more broad applications and possible consumer adoption than vr and even that like i don't look at that and see entertainment i think you, I, I don't think i don't think that line of thinking takes into account people's desire for like just total escapism of one of one sort or another. I mean, pe- people like can't watch a fucking movie without breaking their phone out or talking to people in a movie theater. Right, but I mean, like, there's no reason that there's no reason that like, assholes. And there's no reason that like uh, you couldn't do that inside of a VR experience either. You know, like your VR is hey, tied into your phone. Hey, headset. And, you know, but why do you need cell phone to? notifications? Oh, there you go. I mean, why why do you need to? Like, it's not like. Why do I need you to break can out model, my phone in the movie theater? Because you're, an you're getting text messages. It's not because you're an asshole. <laughs> what I'm yeah. saying is that it is easier to sit in front of a television with an iPad and just fuck around and talk to your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your person friend, uh, <laughs> and and just sit there passively and do that than it is to put on a VR headset and use the software that someone modeled to recreate. The simulation of sitting in your living room and looking at your iPad. Yeah, but I won't have TV. a girlfriend anymore. I'll just have the. I'll have a waifu in the machine. A waifu. Yeah, for sure. You'll be dating the ghost in the machine for sure. You ever seen that movie, Her? Oh God. I was thinking, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so your waifu will leave you. Is what you're saying? Yeah, for another for a computer OS. program. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm gonna have to take her offline. <laughs> Isolator, dark. <laughs> wow, you will uh, never leave me. I Your mean, line to the internet has been broken. Like I, I think that like a lot of the technology is really fascinating, and I think that the fact that they're doing it is cool. I think that the consumer or the electronics manufacturer exuberance for this feels like people looking for the next thing to sell to people because they're not selling a shitload of TVs anymore and they're not selling stereos to people anymore. Like they're barely selling computers to people anymore. Like tablet sales are down. They're looking for a way to survive. They're looking for a new product to sell to people. Cell phones. Um, (laughs) yeah, I mean like iPhone sales are up and iPad sales are way the hell down. Yeah. Um, so I, it just feels to me like all these consumer electronics companies that were making, new TVs with new shit that nobody wanted or asked for yeah. are now like jumping onto VR because it might be another thing that they can sell with a markup and like continue to grow. Like it is this machine powered by like public companies that can't stay one size because if they do, then they'll, then everyone will be fired. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, so I, like, I don't, that to me is why VR exists right now because people are like these companies are glomming on to people like Palmer lucky who is like obsessed with this idea and, and are hoping that that will be like a way that they can keep growing, which is why Facebook bought them. Yeah. And I, and I don't disagree with any of that. I just think that there, there is a factor there where anytime somebody puts on uh, a VR headset and it doesn't make them sick 
they come away from it feeling like, oh my God, I can't believe this is real. And the first thing they do is go and tell the person next to them, oh my God, you have to try this. I can't believe it's real. Well, we'll see. What about other video games? Actual video games that you uh, could play? I played Smite last week uh, at the GDCs. On Xbox One? Yep. It sure is a MOBA. <laughs> it's, it's a MOBA in third person. It controls well. Uh, I think that Smite has a lot of potential. It's tits everywhere. Like every female character in that game is just like spilling out of her top. Oh, God. Uh, and get and over I, your design. I asked the lead designer about it. it. I'm like, do you yeah. think that this is alienating? And he gave me the we listen to our audience feedback. Uh-huh. Uh, for character design answer, which is not really an answer. No, well, uh, it, it kind of is an answer, though. If he listens to his audience feedback and the feedback is things keep selling, that's the feedback. Well, no, listen to, listening to audience feedback is like the people who are playing your game as opposed to the people who maybe aren't playing your game because of yeah. A or B or C. Which, you know, fine. Like, if you want to cater to the people that are there, like, if you think that that's going to work. I think that there is a market that wants that. So, it's fine. It just makes me less interested in playing Smite because it doesn't. I've been rolling this over my head because anytime I say anything on this, I get the fucking shit piece of shit of the internet up in my Twitter feed um, with accusations like, oh, well, naked women just make you uncomfortable. Oh, you're slut shaming this. Oh, like you sex negative person. And like, and I'm like, does it make me uncomfortable? No, it doesn't really make me uncomfortable. Like, I'm not afraid of naked women. Uh, I just. I don't like it. It turn it's it's kind of a turnoff. Like I feel like I'm being like pandered to in a really like lowest common denominator way. Well, and I, and I don't enjoy it. Well, it's because you're conscious of the objectification of women, right? And I can't. I mean, it's not that hard to understand. I can't turn it off. Exactly. I can't stop seeing it. Right. <laughs> it's. And- it, I mean, that's the thing, though, too, is that, you know, I see a video game character where she's designed in a particular way, and, like, there's a part of me that goes, like, yeah, that turns me on. Yeah, that's a little bit sexy. But at the same time, I go, fuck, man, this is the same shit that I've been seeing since I was five years old and playing video games. Somebody needs to stop doing this because all you're doing is playing to my baser instincts without having any sort of creativity. There are ways to be sexy without pandering. I just, like... People like are, are like, oh, well, it's you're any porn or you're any this or that. And I'm like, at least when people are naked in porn, like I know why they're naked. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's still they're, pretty exploited. <laughs> it can be kind of. I oh, think that's objectifying. Oh, it's very objectifying. I mean, yeah. Porn is the most objectifying thing there porn is. Porn is incredibly complicated, but at some point in porn, most of the people participating in it made a decision. Like these are people making decisions. Um, and you can like dive into like the, the sociological totally, nature. There's all kind of, there's, there's but, but classes is, about it. That is, <laughs> yeah, and colleges. That right. is way more complicated. And I like have way less of an opinion or issue with that, like on its face because of what it can be like, because I know people that have done that work and I know people who do that work and they are making decisions like in an informed way. Yeah. But, but in a game, like, especially a game where it's not about sex. It's not about relationships. Like, it's not about people. No. It's just it's about, about shooting people. Stuff. Right. It's just about giving you some tits to look at. And I like, get what you're saying. Like, and I'm just like, I don't... Really? And it's it's just like the least creative thing. Yeah. Like, there are no more ways to show me... Nope. Like, 
as much boob as possible without getting an AO rating. Right. Like, it's been done. <laughs> like, the Japanese nailed it. All right, all right. But tell me how you felt about it when you played it. I, I think that it plays fine. I think that it controls well with a controller. I think that it's accessible. Um, but it seems like there's enough in there for there to be, like, real depth. I don't think that, like... Have you played the PC version? No, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't yeah. played the PC version because when I see the ads for it, it's tits on either side of my screen. Um, <laughs> but I've talked to people who are into it, and and I think that there is like something really interesting there. And like the way that the third person perspective separates it from other mobas is that every shot is a skill shot. Like it's there's no auto attacks, there's no RNG for a lot of mm, stuff. It's like, right. did you hit it? No? Well, then fuck off. Yeah. You missed. Right. right. Um, and so I think that, like, some of the stuff feels simplified. Like, there's there's some last hitting, but there's no denies. It's like League of Legend that way. Mm-hmm. But, like, last hitting doesn't give you a ton. Right. I think um, you guys share gold in the lane or something, too. So it's like... Yeah. Um, I know that there's rules that they've made to make it a little bit less crazy. It's way less, like, hard role-based than something like Dota is. I think that it's easier to digest than Dota is, but like it demands more precision in, in like moment to moment play than Mm -hmm. Dota does outside Mm -hmm. of like the professional level. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that it's more fun to watch than, than most shooters because of like the way that the camera works. (laughs) So I think that that, I'll try it for sure. When it comes out, I mean, it's free. So, I mean, if you're in the preview program, my understanding is that they're starting to send out alpha codes to people on Xbox one. Cool. Um, right on. I so, mean, I'll be curious to that. And Gigantic. I want to try that, yeah. too. Yeah, I definitely want to try Gigantic. I, I've heard that Gigantic right now is kind of broken. Yeah, I mean, they. I, say, I, say, I signed up for alpha tests a while ago, and they do alpha tests almost daily, publicly. So that's good. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, I'm sure they're um, getting a lot of useful feedback. So that's interesting. Like, I think that, like, this could be their work console MOBAs take off. I don't know, like, what Gigantic has that will make it that thing. Hmm. Um, like, whereas Smite has very specific hooks, yeah. which is that... It's like a third-person shooter, except it's a MOBA. Yeah. I don't know. I'll well, be, it looks I'll be like curious. it shoots pretty well, too. I'll be curious to see how free-to-play games do this year. Yeah. As more and more of them come out. Yeah. You know? um, um, I played Battlefield Hardline this week. I played about eight hours of Battlefield Hardline this week. Damn. Yeah. For the it's review. Sure I've, I've still heard that game right? has a really good campaign. Just I haven't played the anecdotally. campaign at all. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, huh. I've... I've heard anecdotally from people that it has the best campaign in Battlefield in years. That is a low bar. Unless we're counting Battlefield, <laughs> yeah. Bad Company. Bad Company 2 is a great campaign. Some people didn't like it, though. Some um, people are fucking Those crazy, crazy people. Uh, no, there was, was a Predator a... joke in that, that game. That shit was yeah. so good. Um, so, uh, so I played it. I, I remember the Predator joke. It feels like the least essential Battlefield in years. It's when a satellite crashes the ground. Um, like one that you could just totally skip over and not miss anything? Yeah. Where, like, Bad Company 2 went really hard on destruction and squads. Yep. Uh, Battlefield 3 was all about map size. Yeah. Um, and some destruction, but mostly, like, the mechanics of Battlefield Bad Company 2 with the map size my, of Battlefield My takeaway of this is it's about high-speed chases. Um, Maybe? No. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) battlefield four tried to bring like more destruction into battlefield three with bigger maps and like maps that change whereas this evolution the differences feel like tonal ones like Mm. instead of looking for new sort of paradigm shifts it's like well this is the urban one right like cops and robbers yeah like there's a lot of like rock music and hip-hop 
and stuff playing on radios <laughs> and the criminals sound like they're from the hood and the cops sound like cops and so, and there's no tanks there's like armored vehicles with guns on them because right. that's what police have in this country now I but, know. but there's no tanks i wonder if hardline would exist if we if we didn't live in a country where the police were so absurdly militarized i don't think that that's why hardline exists i, I think that that is an unfortunate i think i just think they were looking for a different setting yeah i think <laughs> for that, an off year battlefield yeah I but it would have been it was about like the campaign that they wanted to make and everything else followed yeah. that um i mean like assuming like for a second, just like a thought experiment, like if the if the tech existed to make a hardline like game in you know 1985, oh, it would, totally would, it, would exist because it'd be a dystopian like 1999 is what it would be. It would be a, it would <laughs> be be a John RoboCop. Yeah. It'd be a John Carpenter movie. Yeah, right, it'd, right. It'd, just, oh, it'd, it'd just be like RoboCop or something. Yeah. We live in a William Gibson novel, basically. So. Um, I like the things that it tries to add are modes. Yeah. Um, the hotwire mode is conquest, except the conquest points are vehicles. So it's like trying to be like, what was that dumb Nicolas Cage movie? Gone in 60 seconds? Um, <laughs> no. So you have to drive the vehicles at a certain speed to hold them, like to hold the conquest point. So you have to drive around the map in these vehicles, like to like tick tickets down. Hauling ass like yeah. you're like a bombs on the board. So like there's like lots of nuts sort of shit about people trying to destroy cars or like cars chasing other cars. Um, but the maps are like pretty small. I guess to me, it's like the thing that makes a battlefield game a battlefield game is if how much room it has for like emergent shit to happen. I yeah. and I think that there's, it feels like there's less of that than there have been in previous vehicles. And yeah, like yes, there are helicopters, and I've shot a helicopter's tail off with a grenade launcher. Like, right. do I have a parachute on me at all times? I think you do. Actually. Okay, good. <laughs> but there's not like a lot of places to <laughs> use it unless you're jumping out of a helicopter. Sure. Um, like it's much lower to the ground. The levels are much smaller. Uh, there's less destruction, it feels like. Although there are more buildings that you're inside, like yeah. with multiple rooms whose right. walls you can destroy. Um, so that's kind of neat. But like, I don't feel like the the weapons and everything are as suited to Battlefield style as previous games have been. Uh, also, you have different weapons as cops and robbers. Like, so you have to have different loadouts for each side because you're not using the same weapons. Yeah, that's weird. Which, Which may, is, well, it makes sense kind of thematically, but how does from it work a design it? perspective, yeah. I don't think it works as well. Like something mm -hmm. like Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare is different because the sides are so completely different. <laughs> yeah. But this is like the basic mechanics for both sides are the same. Mm -hmm. um, there's a hostage mode where the robbers have to keep the cops from getting to hostages and yeah. the cops have to go in and everybody only has one spawn. Like old Counter-Strike. Um, yeah. It is. Like, there are a lot of modes in this that feel very much like Counter-Strike. There's a VIP mode where <laughs> the VIP has to make it to the end of the map and everybody, yep. like, the other team has to kill just that guy. Um, and I just don't feel like it's all is suited to to Battlefield's mechanics. Like, I think that they want to emphasize strategy and stealth to a degree, but, like, it's still dudes sniping people. Like it's still like fucking grenades and shit all over the place. They've added incendiary grenades, by the way, so you can set people good. on fire. Good. Um, <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> I just feel like there are all these battlefield things that are getting in the way of the sort of like heist dynamics that they want. And, and I don't think that it works as well as those things do in a game that is just about conquest points and blowing stuff up. Mm. Also, deathmatch is still totally fucking broken. Like, Deathmatch has been broken in every battlefield it's ever been in. 
and it is still broken in this. Like you will literally spawn on top of enemies. Wow. Of enemy players. Like you will see them spawn right in front of you or they will spawn right behind you. Right. Because there are too many players on too small a map. Yep. And it's the code just not isn't good enough to push people around. It's just not designed for it. Yeah. And and it feels that way. Yeah. Um, and I, it's not like, oh, well, I'm just saying that because I suck. Because like the couple of team deathmatch games I played yesterday, I went like, like 57 and 20. Right. But it doesn't. Like the shooting is satisfying, and I and I've like talked before about how I think I like Battlefield shooting more than Call of Duties. Like I like the rhythm of it and the feel of it more, and all that's still there. Like there is still an incredibly solid, good shooting foundation to that game, mm-hmm. um, and the vehicles are fine. But I just think that a lot of what makes it distinctively Battlefield isn't as present, and the the stuff that they've added in doesn't fit as well with the underlying mechanics as other Battlefield games do. Um, I haven't played the campaign at all. I haven't touched it. So yeah. I don't know how that is. It could be great. I I don't want to say doubts. I am I am cautious about the campaign because I think that it deals just by nature with subject matter that is incredibly sensitive right now. Um, and there was a story that they, that got put up on our site today, I think about how the writers who were working on the game had to go back in and cut lines of dialogue and make their characters less human because you were going to shoot them. They didn't want you to feel too attached to the people that you were shooting. They didn't want anybody to seem too human. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that's not really what battlefield's going for. It's, it's, I, I mean, maybe unless they wanted to make like a cool spec op story. Yeah, right. so I don't so I don't know. I Yeah, I, Battlefield has always been the, you know, like faceless minion. It's G.I. Joe. Every yeah, Battlefield yeah. game yeah. except for every every Battlefield game except for Bad Company 2 and maybe Bad Company cuz I didn't play it has had a shitty campaign. Oh yeah. yeah. Like they've been atrocious. Yep. So, um I don't know. Well, um to wait and see then. Yeah. But I did play Ori in the Blind Forest, which is incredible. Yes, actually. it is. Oh my god, so good. Uh, which I didn't really expect. Like I, I thought it'd be kind of. Why pretty, is it special? Oh, let, well, I looked at it and I was like, it sure looks like a platformer. Well, a big thing when you're looking at it is that like because you know it's not the first time that a platformer has done the you know it's not just like a square blocks so and you can tell exactly where you can jump. It's very, very natural environment and everything. Yeah. And when I look at a game like that with that kind of design, I think that the controls are going to be kind of squishy. You know, maybe like a little bit. Like a little big planet, like Metroid. Side scrolling Metroid games don't have amazing controls; they have functional controls. Yeah, and so and so, I feel like you know, one like this with a natural environment, natural curves to the art design and everything. I'm like, all right, I'm like the ledges are going to feel squishy. My character is going to control kind of like you know loosely and everything. But man, the controls are like so precise, like. Like, but what am I doing in that game? What's the hook of it's, Ori and the Forest? It's Metroid structure. Oh, it is. It is. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which I also didn't know. Like, I thought that it was a stage. Yeah, I didn't game. know that either until like somebody until yeah, I, I thought it was more yesterday. like Rayman Legends or something like no, that. Yeah, no, no, not at all. I mean, there are, are platforming sections that some people have said remind them of levels in Ray- Rayman Legends, mm. but like it is a Metroid game. Yeah. Uh, instead of bosses, there are really fucking hard platforming sections oh i didn't know that um i haven't gotten that far and like every ability that you get is part of your platforming repertoire and it as you get them it will demand that you use 
basically everything <laughs> in those sections. Which makes sense that the controls would have to be super good if that's right. what the game is going to be all The about. controls are really good because that is one of the most demanding games that I think I've ever played. Like, as far as a platform game. Is that, wow. Are you going to wear my hoodie? No, this is mine. Is it? Hey, your cat was fucking on my hoodie. What's your cat was fucking on your hoodie. <laughs> I set it on that chair. Oh, yeah. And she was just going ballistic on it. Does the one have strings? <laughs> yeah, you um, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense because the even the little bit that I've played is really demanding. Is really demanding and really good. But the controls are so precise that I can see, like, you know, as as you get more abilities and it demands it of you, you're going to feel like, okay, I can get this if I just get good enough at the game. I think most of the time in Ori, dying felt like my fault. Yeah, um, it does have sections that are very trial and error driven. But the way the save system works makes that feel like less of a chore than it would in other games. Because basically, you can lay down a checkpoint almost wherever you want. Um, and you will need to, or you will have to replay a really big part of the game. Because <laughs> right. it almost never saves for you. Right. So you need to remember to put them down. And I'm, I did. I never really forgot to stop putting them down. Yeah. Um, but I think that the the world design is really good. The secrets are are put in such a way that you feel like you're accomplishing something when you get one, because there are some really challenging platforming sequences that will kill you if you fuck them up, hiding mm-hmm. those secrets. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just like points for it to unlock another skill or something. Um, but uh, the other thing is that it is, it's the most beautiful 2d game I've ever played. Oh, it's so pretty. Um, and it's unity, which is surprising. Unity four. Um, Unity's it, Unity's pretty up there at this point, right? Yeah. And and when I saw it a couple months ago, the performance actually sucked. Like the mm-hmm. frame rate dropped all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's been fixed. Like oh, the frame yeah. rate is sixty all the time. Um, and the animation on top of that is just fantastic. yeah, it's crystal clear. Um, the, it's not just like the main character animation of the monster animations or like parts of the world. It's just that there are so many layers of animation and so many different things on top of other things that everything always seems like it's moving. Well, and it does like a really good job of having, like you're saying, the parallax layers in 2d, but they feel like they're not, they don't feel so much like a, like a view master, you know, where you see each layer individually. They really feel like the layers are blended just a little bit so that like, uh, you know, you can always tell which plane you're on, uh, but sometimes you'll feel like, oh, you can jump in front of this area. Oh, that's actually just a little bit of background, but they did a really good job of blending it into the, into the mid-ground pieces. There, there are retro sensibilities at play in Ori, but it's not a game that's like constantly like chuckling at you about how retro it is. It's not like, hey, look right. at these graphics. Isn't this exactly like this other thing? It's Ori, to me feels like what I would have thought 2D games would look like now back mm. when I was playing games on the Genesis Back when you didn't Nintendo. even think 3D was a thing. No, yeah. like, <laughs> like, this is what <laughs> games of the future will be like. Right. I can't imagine what games are going to look like then. Man, just to <laughs> think about it, it's going to be so good. It's going to look like great comic book characters with all these lighting effects and yeah. It's and I mean it's like it's got story in it that's pretty compelling. Um, it's really, it's really sad. Like, yeah, it's, it it's a out. super huge bummer when it starts <laughs> out. It Pixar's you right away. It ups you. <laughs> oh, it's so no, nice. no, it's, it Bambi's you for sure. No, oh, it, yeah. uh, it, no, it's it starts way earlier than that. It ups you. <laughs> like it's like, isn't this sweet? Oh no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like right away. Um, yeah, 
And it spends enough time on that for you to feel it and yep. like for you to like feel sympathy for Ori. And well, and the expressions on all the characters are so good too. It's it's so me it's 100% Miyazaki inspired. I mean, like there's no denying it. Like right away like you can see where the influence comes from. <laughs> but all the characters have such great facial expressions on them that like it's so much of the I mean, there is story that's told through like uh Kind of like Shadow of the Colossus, you know, like mystical, uh, unknown language voice. Moon with, language. With, yeah, moon language with text on the screen kind of pops up every now and then. Oh, does the text but, actually real words? Yeah. Yeah, it's actually real words. Okay, because I mean, in Shadow of the Colossus, you just had babble the whole time. You never knew anything. No, it had, no, it had words. Did it? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know anything about anything in Shadow of the Colossus. No, they, they were. I was like, there's an old man who wants to do a thing, and then we got <laughs> we to go kill the things to help the, old, the lady that the old man no, wants was, to help. It was hard to, it was hard to, like, it was hard to interpret the story in Shadow of the Colossus on your first playthrough, but all the, all the subtitles were in English. Shadow of the Colossus might as well have for me been a game that was called Kill Big Shit. That was the way all that game was to me. Kill big shit. You missed out on so much. (laughs) Nick Sutner writes, kill big shit. (laughs) Yep. Sony's Nick Sutner, formerly of 1up.com, is writing a book on Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, really? Yeah. He announced it on Twitter. Um, Cray cray. So I, like, it's just, it controls incredibly well. The presentation is, is fantastic. Uh, it is one of the best looking games I think I've ever played. The music is great. There's consistent themes. Like it's very unified in its presentation. Everything fits together really well. Also, it's not too long. Like there are a lot of Metroid style games that are way too fucking long that feel like they're that long because they have to be. Yeah, I played for like what an hour, today? an hour and change hour? or so. Yeah, while we were waiting for Anthony to to fight his way through traffic, and it said I was at twelve percent already. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably gonna be like a brother's length game then. For my playthrough, yeah. it took me about seven and a half hours. Okay, so just like um, kind of like brothers. And I that was sounds like, like the perfect length, ninety-ish percent completion. Also, yeah. it keeps track of how many times you die, and it was three hundred and eight. <laughs> <laughs> I died more times in Ori than Phil died in Dark Souls Two reviewing it <laughs> in seven and a half hours. God damn. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's less devastating to die in Ori. It's I much less oh, devastating. God, there were a couple times where I was like, "Are you?" F-? I yelled. It's yeah. screen like the are you fucking kidding me <laughs> left my mouth a couple times like the only like the the parts of ori that are that will arguably like turn people off are some mm. of the platforming oh, like yeah. bosses because those are the most trial and error and you can't save in them like there were mm. straight shots yeah mm-hmm. i mean i, I like super me boy but you basically have to go <laughs> yeah. without fucking up more than like an inch or two in the wrong direction right. for a minute and a half wow. super me boy like but yeah but super yeah. me boy levels are like 10 15 seconds long except for some of the boss ones where it's like oh, it goes on and yeah, yeah. you know those ones were kicking the balls yeah. Yeah. um yeah on the opposite side of that cuteness i've <laughs> i've played like probably like 12 hours of hell divers yeah, how and is that? People that, won't shut the fuck up. That about game that is game. so good. It looks like such a cool so concept. So it's got it, there's a lot of bugs that you've probably yeah. heard of and stuff that, Yeah, I heard that if your controller dies while you're playing and you reconnect it and you and it saves, it like it can overwrite your progress. That's what I've heard too. I'd oh, be wow. curious to Weird. learn about that though because my stuff does get stored in the in the cloud because uh I've been playing on both my Vita and on PS4. So, Helldivers is a twin stick shooter from the guys who made Magicka, and just like Magicka, you can fuck each other up. Right. Like that's Helldiver's big hook. There's friendly fire. Is that there's everything is friendly fire. Oh god. Game. And so everything the whole thing in that game is you have two things you have to do. Every map is like 
like I think they're either, they may be pre-made, but I think they might be semi-procedurally generated. Yeah. So it's like every map will have like four objectives. Each map usually takes between five and twenty minutes to play. Um, and whenever you drop, the only thing you can do is you can shoot, reload, dive for cover, sprint, and you can and then you can call in equipment. The big thing is calling in equipment. Uh, okay. So you is there call, a loot system? You'd call in... The only loot you'll find is that on the worlds, there will be little samples you can collect in samples. The more samples you get will go towards leveling up your character's abilities. Because you do get loot for completing like the all the levels on a given planet in a solar system. It'll unlock something. like It'll unlock a mech suit. And now when you go down to the map next time, if you put it in your loadout... and you So whenever you do a callout, you have to hold left shoulder button... And then you have to do a D-pad quick thing. So like, it's exactly like Magicka. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and, but if you get hit or something, it, it interrupts it. You know, or like you can get fucked up. So it's, it's always a risk because you have to stand still when you're doing it. So you'll have to like communicate with your team and like be like, cover me while you're calling it in. And you wow. only start with like four clips. So yeah. magazine use, like you can't just go nuts because if wow. you're reloading it, 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 there's no partial reloads. It's a full clip reload oh, every damn. time. Oh. So everyone as if there wasn't enough to keep track of the guys call out like last mag and stuff like that and yeah. if you have like a heavy machine gun he goes down and he has to reload it for quite a while so people <laughs> have to like literally cover you and uh and so it can get really nuts and then while it's getting nuts all of a sudden someone throws out like an ammo call out and that other person doesn't see it and then boom the ammo call out will just like crush that person <laughs> or like you'll uh, if a friendly person dies you can call in reinforcements and they'll respawn but when they respawn they slam into the ground and so, like, I've had friends playing in a mech suit, and then the mech suit ran under a respawn and just, like, blew up and killed that guy instantly. <laughs> or, like, I played enough that I've unlocked a four-player APC, so there's, yeah. like, an alien-style car, and all four of you can get in. And they can fire out the sides, and one person can operate the alien-style turret. Is this a PC game? It's, a it's PS4. PS4. And, uh, and, like, I've had that thing die so many times from Collins just it crushing it. PC. Um, but there's a lot of really, like, there's only, like, six different objectives, but... Honestly, they're fun enough and repeatable enough. It is basically what people wanted. I've heard people say this a lot, but it's true. It's like what people wanted Destiny to be. Uh, like it gets the loot grind yeah. down really well because it's not about loot that drops from creatures. It's about loot that you know you know what you're going to get for completing this planet. Oh, so now you guys go in because you're like, we've got to complete this planet because we'll get this thing. Right, right, right. And then it's worth grinding levels because then you find stuff to actually go back and up like once you have the mech suit you can do things like give it a bigger clip because it only ever has one clip there's no reloading the mech jesus <laughs> so you can so now you want to grind to get a bigger clip for right, it you yeah. know there's like you can call in like a uav and at first it's really terrible but if you level up it can actually be pretty right. worth it and nice so it's just a ton of but it's like you know i watched greg uh who does his own thing now uh he used to work at ign i was watching him and that those dudes play it and, like, in the last minute, like, this is, like, Helldivers in a nutshell. Like, one of them accidentally threw a grenade on top of two others and blew them up, <laughs> killing them instantly. And then they called, did a call down, and it, like, crushed one of the others. And then uh-huh. Greg was, like, one of the last two people alive. And he ran because the last thing that every level ends with, like, a one-minute, 30-second holdout while the dropship comes to get you. Right. Um, and so when the dropship came, and it, it was, like, landing, and Greg ran up to it, and it just crushed him. <laughs> Because he got too close to it. And so then only one person made it out. It's still a mission success if one person makes it out. That's the best. It's still. And the cool thing about it is that it has a persistent campaign. Like, that, oh, wow. that they're, uh, I'm sure they'll reset. Yeah. But, like, it starts out and everyone starts fanning out from Super Earth. That's where everyone lives. <laughs> it's very, it's, it's very Starship. Very Warhammer. It's very Starship Troopers, like, in the campaign stuff. Like, it's like the, the video game starts with, like, a propaganda video. And, uh, 
So, you know, the Helldivers, what they do is they fan out to go destroy Super Earth's enemies and make sure that they can protect Super Earth's way of life. Of course they do. So the whole thing is you the, at the end of these three arcs are enemy homeworlds. And so the, re, the real progress that everyone is doing by taking out these planets together earns points to get closer and closer to the homeworld of these alien races. Oh, like, every, like everybody Everybody's contributing oh, to that. Oh, nice. And so, uh, right now, I, like, and, and every day when you log in, it updates you on what's happened. Like, since you left, like, 1,700,000 Helldivers were lost in this campaign, but we've also gotten, like, one step closer to, to the homeworld, you know? And, <laughs> That's amazing. And so, like, like right now, we're, we're, like, this close to finally taking out our first homeworld wow. in that game. It's just cool that there's, like, that sort of overarching thing. And It, it feels is, like you're part of something. Exactly. Yeah. Like, these dumb little missions that you're doing that are repeatable and very similar... Like, not only are you getting the quick hit of, like, loot and stuff yeah. like that and experience, but you're contributing also to contributing to that meta-narrative. Yeah. Exactly. And it's really easy to just quickly jump into a game with other people, and you don't really need to talk to make the goal, to make it happen. Right. Um, Although you should probably let people know when you're going to drop in reinforcements. Yeah, well, they, it does have a flashing beacon. It's pretty obvious. But just in the shit sometimes when a bunch of things are coming in, people will just walk right It should right be over smoke it. is what it should be. Um, but... One thing that's interesting design choice for it is that all four of you, when you're playing together, even if you're all online, you're all stuck on one screen together. So you, oh, can't, wow. you can't just go wandering off on your own. Yeah. You are all bound in that space, which is how they make sure that shit gets crazy. Right, yep. You know, because you also have to do things well, like... Magica worked like that, too. You have to set off, like, small nuclear devices. Yeah. And, like, when you do that, like, everyone has to get out of I mean, this really does just seem like Magica. It is Magica with guns in a meta-narrative campaign. That's right. really what it is. So, and that's but, totally fine. But, but does that, but I and a really if, awesome unlock system. But the thing with, uh, yeah, the crazy shit with Magica, though, on the PC was, like, just... My my left hand would get so sore from trying to do all the spell. Yeah, no, nah, you don't need to do that. Most of the time, it's more just about ammo management. And yeah. you do some people do call-ins and stuff like that. But yeah, there's a character like that in, in Dota. Yeah, right? exactly. It's but it's like really? um, it, but it's yeah. it's far less complex. And the only time you do call-ins, your call-ins are more about like, oh, like one of the most common call-ins everyone gets right off the bat is a defensive turret. So you know you'll be like, oh, we're gonna need to hold this position. We'll all throw out defensive turrets. But the thing about defensive turrets is they auto lock enemies. So if the enemy's behind you, the tur- and there's enemies all along the way, the turret will sweep across you all and just gun all of you down trying to get to the enemies. <laughs> Which is why when you see that happening, you all have to hit the deck as the turret. Like, like there's oh, been it'll times- shoot over you if you hit the deck. Yeah, and that's see- amazing. And you can shoot over each other too because there's oh, okay. been like times when I'm in the mech suit yeah. that like one of my friends is getting chased down and I'll be like hit the ground, hit the ground, and then I'll just fucking gun it down with my chain gun, <laughs> you know, just barely that's saving awesome. them. So yeah. it th- it's got a lot of really interesting little mechanics. I, you know, like I said, it's buggy. And if you're hoping to like do crossplay, that takes a little, a little doing because right now, Vita games and PS4 games don't see each other very easily. Uh, yeah. So like, like, and by that I mean like I couldn't see my friends who were in my friends list when we were both online if I was on a Vita and they were on PS4. Right, right. That being said, the way to do it is you just go and find a game with empty spaces for both of you and you join it together. And then it was awesome because I was like on a huge TV like Arthur's yeah. and I was using my Vita just like a controller because he didn't have the controller for me. Oh, wow. It, it, was, it was like I couldn't tell any lag or anything. So I was just basically yeah. using my Vita like a controller on his TV because you're oh, all locked cool. into that one screen anyway. Right. So you didn't have to look at the Vita while you were playing. No. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Effectively, it was just like huh. a second controller. Wow, that's great. It's a really cool game. Like one of the best PS4 games, I mean, that I've played. I, I spent... Literally, like, eight or nine hours straight playing it. Like, I didn't think we were going to do that. And then we were just like, 
got Dude, way, 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 way too into it. That's awesome. And we found two random <laughs> people that joined our game, and those same people ran with us the whole time. Oh, wow. Because like, cool. we, we never <laughs> talked, but we just developed like in-game yeah. sort of... Like we would, the only thing we would use is the D pad. Developed an emotional language. The D pad has four commands like go, wait, uh-huh. like stuff like that, and that's yeah. all we'd use. We'd just you were that next generation episode with Darmac on Tanagra. <laughs> yes, yes, we would only say two things to each other, but we all understood what it meant. <laughs> so. Yeah, I knew Anthony would get what I was saying. I yeah, had no idea. Or what we you were, were the saying. people from Next Generation. We look for stuff to make us go. We're just the space, the space dolts. Um, <laughs> space dolts. So. Yeah, no, that game's... I, this, the, like, the the aesthetics really seem like 40K. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that, I, the, yeah, like, everyone is basically, like, a Space Marine... They look like Space Marine scouts for 40K. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. not the fully I crazy armor, right. but, like, pretty... pretty. <laughs> well, you know, you, but if you played any of the Dawn of War games, yeah. there's always the scout squads that were, yeah. like, the Space Marines in training. They don't have the full armor, but they have a lot of armor, and they right. have a cape. The fodder. Right. And the everyone... Fodder. And, and all of you guys have capes. Yeah. Like, and they really did a good job, as stupid as it sounds. Whenever you go from a st- standstill to moving, they do a cape flutter. That's like the, and there, and it's so much that there, I didn't even know it was a thing until we were just sitting there spinning in a circle with our capes. And there's totally a, a trophy for that. Really? So this game sounds so dumb. It like is in the best possible. It way. is really totally awesome. dumb. It is 100 percent dumb, but it is really easy just to lose several hours too because nice. You can't even get mad when you guys all wipe yeah. because usually because you still get experience even when you mm-hmm. wipe. Mm-hmm. Anthony, and, I think you underestimate my ability to get mad. And it's usually and it's usually <laughs> because someone didn't even like someone had everyone's best interests in mind, right? <laughs> but still <laughs> fucked y'all over. They just didn't you know it was going to well. happen that way. You meant well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Very rarely do people die gloriously in that game. It's, <laughs> so, it's it's like it's like you know like how you hear about in like real war. Like, you know, it's like most of the casualties are like something really stupid. Like someone walked under a plane at the wrong time. Right. This is that game. Right. You know, this is like, <laughs> this the, is the they would write down hundreds of like thousands of letters to Helldiver parents that were like, oh, your son died glorious in combat. And really it was like, no, nah, he just fucking wasn't paying attention <laughs> and walked under a bullet. Yeah, he was reloading his gun under a supply <laughs> yeah. drop. Yeah, exactly. No, it, may, it makes sense to me because it was like, that's the same kind of shit that would happen in Magicka and got only worse in Magicka Vietnam. Yeah. It just was like I totally forgot there was a magic of Vietnam. Oh man, it was amazing. <laughs> the because uh, <laughs> like people, you could tell that people were screwing up all the time because the the for people who don't know, like Magicka was originally a, a, just a PC game, and the way that you would cast spells is you'd have to like switch between like the different elements, like ice, electricity, water, fire. Magicka is still only a ice PC fire, game, right? Is it? Yeah, I'm so. sure. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and, but anyway, like you had to switch between the weird elements, key combinations. Yeah, and it was like W A S D. Uh, but uh, you you didn't control your character with that. You controlled like your spells. It was it so was you, like you, a game you, called Nox from the year two thousand. Oh, I never played or like the remembers. or if you play the wizard in the more yeah. recent Gauntlet game. Yeah, it's way. a little bit like that because uh, you'd Which have to hit like the w- w- WWDSS, and then like that would be a certain kind of spell that would be like ice, and then you'd have to switch elements so that you could do like ice combine an ice beam combined with electricity combined with something else would create a certain type of spell. And there was all these crazy combinations, and your fingers were always fumbling because you were trying to do this one combination. And you'd be reliant, too reliant on the combinations that you could get right all the time, but they wouldn't work on certain enemies, so you'd have to learn new combinations. And like all the time when I'd be playing that game, 
again, especially in Vietnam, because they added some new, more dangerous and lethal stuff. It would be like helicopters. Yeah, (laughs) you could always tell that like people were like just fumbling their spell and casting the wrong thing, and it was all friendly fire all the time. Yeah, I mean, the cool thing about Helldivers too, I'll say, is that there are three different armies that you fight. Mm-hmm. And they're all very different. One actually uses guns as well. One is straight up bugs from Starship Troopers. Uh-huh. And like that one, one time I remember the dropship was coming. I was like, we got this. And my friend was in the mech and all of a sudden a giant beetle like in the most horrifying scene of Starship Troopers came out of the ground and just crushed him outright. <laughs> we're like, okay, that's a thing that can happen. Or like on one planet, we were like, what's that white line? Because this white line all of a sudden appeared across the whole world. And then all of a sudden it just sniped one of them and he was instantly dead. And we're like, all right, that's what that is. You know, it's just like, all right, that's, those are that's to be avoided awesome. from now on. Who knew? So everything in the game will kill you. It's awesome. Yeah. So that's a, that's a cool wow. game. That's Makes out. me wish I had a PS4. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it'll probably come to PC. Yeah, I'd imagine so too. They're def- I think if my guess is probably some sort of time exclusive I, or something. Weird. I've just like, been wanting a PS4 a lot. That game lately. is really w- weird because the way it released was super random. Like there was like mm-hmm. zero fanfare, zero marketing. They didn't send it early. Like yeah, I actually like mistaken. Right I thought before. it was the uh, the next game from Housemark at first. Yeah, because I was like, oh, it's a twin stick shooter on PS4. It must be the new Housemark game. Yeah, and huh. that game's still a while's out. So. I yeah. think that it's a Devolver published game, mm. um, which means that it's got like some kind of PS4 exclusivity built into it for a little bit. But um, yeah, it's a cool game, man. I don't know. That's really the only game I've been spending a bunch of time playing that in Desert Golf on iPad. Because <laughs> yeah. I fucking heard everyone talk about it. I know. I still haven't played it. I've, I've been, been listening to a lot thing. of Giant Bomb and stuff like that, and they talk yeah. about it too. It is the dumbest game. It's pretty much just <laughs> like you launch the balls like you would shoot things and worms it's very stupid and it's just endless yeah and i've heard like the only thing that happens after like 300 holes is all of a sudden like a cactus will appear (laughs) and people have played for thousands of holes yeah wondering if there's like something like almost like you know like if there's like some secret at the end (laughs) we're fucking easy yes (laughs) yes they are or wasn't the story that like all of the levels were procedurally generated and then like it was just put into the game like the levels aren't procedurally generated in the game but they were all. They had a computer make oh, levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that 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 would make sense because all the levels literally bleed into it. When you sink the ball into the cup, the cup then rises up to meet the ground, and the camera pans over onto the next level. It does yeah. that, and it's just endless. Right. So yeah, it may just be that this guy procedurally generated like ten thousand levels right. off of like a really basic algorithm, <laughs> and then was like, "Fine, two bucks," and then yep. people are putting some sort of deeper meaning into it out of for some stupid reason. <laughs> so it's religion. That's so, what you're saying. <laughs> it's just it's. Yeah. Did anybody play Hotline Miami 2? Not yet. Nope. I want right. to. Um, Mitch I watched is playing your Polygon it. video. He sounds kind of underwhelmed with it, it seems, actually. It seems like I mean, it's, it's, like uh, it's more it got, Hotline Miami, right? Well, it sounds like it got way harder. What's well, like Mitch's thing is that he liked the controls, but like the levels are not good like the levels are bad yeah because the thing with hotline miami was it was a little bit like super meat boy where you'd run into a stage die run die run die and you try to get almost like this tony hawk kind of line down you know where it's like you know you know that if like you went through this door at this time you could melee this guy you could grab his shotgun and you could shotgun the next two guys and then you'd get to the stairs and like it'd be over but it's it sounds like in this one the stages are much bigger and it's a lot more aggravating to die on the last guy of a stage um, I also played, I bought and played a little bit of Devil May Cry, uh, on Xbox one. What? <laughs> that, that was another game I helped with the pitch for. 
No. <laughs> I don't know sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but the company's dead, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. And it's never, out. No one cares. Well, I'm saying <laughs> the company's dead and it's out, but that was yeah, something. I mean, of course, you know, the, all these games get thrown out to a bajillion people. Yeah. So. It's a contract industry. Yep. Um, yep. It's the game that you played with 60 at 60 frames per second so if you played it on pc you played it already oh uh, okay um, i did and, play it on pc and it's like everything from f- that they released in one package with some uh-huh. like slight tweaks here and there but i only got like halfway through it well like probably like a third of the way through it. i got like a th- like a quarter into the pc version and then yeah. just stopped because i had a million other things to do but i well, enjoyed you, you it beat enough. the console version right no i never played the console oh, okay. version wow. um I thought the combat was, like, super good. I mean, it's really pretty. It's yeah. a really pretty game. I, I think that it doesn't, like, certain things don't hold up very well. Like, it's easy to see how far lighting and shading has come just <laughs> in a couple of years. Yeah. Like, just looking at that game and then looking at anything else now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it runs really well. It's still the same good game. Um, it's one of the few games I've seen where there's some borderline overt sexualization of the main character like and he's a dude right like he just like this woman knocks on his door and he's there naked and it's not like the super buff jacked dude that every guy wants to be it's no, like, he's lanky it's hipster, like man. lanky like emo dante that's naked right and as he's like gets thrown into the wreckage of his trailer getting dressed like he's like totally naked and just like things conveniently covering up his dick yeah flies to the air it was pretty um, funny so that's that's interesting yeah. but uh but yeah i it's i'll chip away at it over time um when i'm not playing so basically i'll never play it because yeah i was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say you played all yeah. of it you're ever gonna play you're right because so, like everything is happening you like most the- people have that play video games play like the first hour and then never touch a game no i usually buy games and try to finish them i know you do um, i'm just saying that with that game that's like the typical person especially because i didn't get a code for it i just bought it um yeah. it's 40 bucks which is pretty reasonable for what it is yeah um but uh, I mean, I have to spend all weekend playing Battlefield. No, <laughs> okay. Womp, womp. I have been traumatized by <laughs> fucking two Battlefield campaigns in a row. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm keeping my expectations. No, low I, I still one. feel I, you know it's yeah. like having stuff you have to do over a weekend is a pain in the ass too. Which True. will be the second weekend in a row because I got Ori Friday afternoon, mm-hmm. and the embargo was Monday night. So at least it was short. Yeah, I had to work all last yeah. weekend. I have to work all this weekend too. Good times. Yeah. Not me, fuckers. Well, I do. I have to pack <laughs> shit. So fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would rather work. To... Yep. Although I'm going to help a friend move and build furniture. To, to Moving house, is so. the easy part. Packing is just a pain Dude, in the ass. Yeah. So no kidding. I mean, uh, the the last couple of times I've moved, I've packed over a period of time. Oh yeah, I have to do it in like two days. Yeah, it's that gonna be sucks. a lot of runs to the oh, to man. the. Dump can, the and, box store. and to the yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever it's called goodwill yeah so. oh to give stuff away yeah i'm just gonna purge it's a good idea moving is the best time to your do your apartment's sure. just gonna shit all over when so. i move into my new place i'm gonna have like nothing like a bed and a dresser and be like all right let's do this all let's over buy again buy some furniture there's, there, there's a part of me that just wants to live just like that like never buy anything else just have that bed have like a kitchen table to eat at and that's it yeah my girlfriend was like i want a new place to not be cluttered and be a little sparse like, well <laughs> you're gonna get that all right so at least for a while so well, i'm very happy to have you back in our area anthony yeah we're gonna have to live spartan you're gonna go to ikea like the first week no she doesn't she's like i don't want to buy a bunch of ikea shit and i was like well we're definitely gonna live spartan then if that's the case <laughs> why 
Save know, up the she, money to she, buy the good shit. Yeah, she would. Like, she just wants. She's like, I want some more unique stuff, even if it means we have to go thrift store hunting. Well, there are a lot like of that. fucking yeah. antique stores in Alameda. There are. I've already. I've already found a table and a set of four chairs that I want. Looks like they're out of Star Trek. <laughs> they nice. cost seven thousand dollars. They're cheaper than that, but they're still expensive. Kitchen yeah. tables, man, not cheap. No, nope. no. And this one's like from the sixties. Looks like Ikea something out of Mad you. Men. You could drop a thousand dollars on a kitchen table that's not that nice. <laughs> oh yeah, IKEA is a place where you can easily be like, yeah, all this seems reasonable, and then you leave and you're like, well, how much was that? <laughs> no, I'm talking like like outside of IKEA, like in the real world of, of adult furniture. Oh, like, you yeah. could drop a thousand dollars on something that isn't very good. Yep, pretty easily. Yeah, for sure. Well, enjoy that. I'm gonna have all that old shit. <laughs> so we already started a pinterest for how we're going to decorate oh god eleanor so. and i did that too actually so yeah. well we started independent pinterest so we could see how we both felt and then compare notes <laughs> she was like i don't like your shit and i was like you don't like my shit <laughs> okay okay let's go with your said. shit <laughs> i was like well i like yours i guess i can live with that as long as I, she just her big thing is, is she's like i know that you like video games and I know that you play a lot of video so games. You're put it's them your in career. the garage. But she's like, but she's like, I would prefer that when people come in our house, they don't just think you play video games. Yeah. And so she's, and so she's like, you can still have your games in the living room. But how about we put them in a shelf with the door? Yeah, I, I'm a fan <laughs> of doors and cabinets. So, yeah. so I was like, okay, okay, I can get with that. I saw the way Arthur did. It. I was like, I like that. You know, that way it doesn't have to be so overt. Yeah. Like I'm a nerd. Look how nerdy I am. Yeah. No video game posters on the walls. No, no, no art and stuff like that. So. Yeah, we're just trying. She's just like, maybe we can try and look a little bit more like adults. Besides, like, who wants boxed copies of things now anyway? Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I think I'm going to throw away all my game cases pretty much yeah. when I move and just put it in binders just because... Yeah. The only things worth keeping are the shit that's super rare anyway. Yeah, exactly. I will keep some. Right. Like, I still keep, like, you know, there are a few things like like a Viva Pinata in the weird case. I keep that. Yeah. That's a dear to my heart. Right. I, so. have, like, I have, like, two... Uh, like Sam and Max inbox, of course I keep that. Right. Yeah, everybody yeah, else exactly. hopes that rare that Microsoft announces a new Battletoads, which apparently they're probably going to do at E3. But I would really like a new Viva Pinata. Me too. <laughs> I wish the cartoon had been more successful to breed more Viva Pinata games. So yeah, it was a that weird was one cartoon. Of your faves. It was a very weird cartoon. It was just a cartoon. It was like a cartoon made to give QR codes. That's all it was. <laughs> so all right. Does anyone else have any other shit to talk about? I don't think so. That's all I've been doing. Eh, we've been going for almost 80 minutes. Okay. That's enough. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. You can send in your letters, which we'll eventually get to, uh, to uh, at letters at eat-sleep-game.com. And uh, I'm at Chuff Money on Twitter. Arthur's at A-E-G-I-E-S. Matt is at Talking Orange. And Mitch is at Mitchie D. You can go read the work that Arthur's doing over at Polygon. You can go see the shit that Mitch is doing at IGN. You can go see the stuff that Matt is doing eventually... I mean, if you want to, you could follow uh, at Outerlands Doc on Twitter, and you can also become a slacker backer and get that documentary series, which they're still working away on chipping at. Yep. So, and if you wanted to give them work, you know, area5.tv is where you go. Truth. Give them work. Um, and then if you want to go see what I do, it's marvelheroes.com. It's the video game I work on. It's just Diablo with Marvel. That's what. That's how I like to tell. That's the one. I side, mean, you really shouldn't have pitch. no enthusiasm when you say that because that sounds fucking great. <laughs> it is. It's so you good. You know that game that's awesome. Here's some stuff that's it's, like that. It's so good. And we got a lot of good stuff coming out and a lot of reworking of stuff. They're always looking at like it's the very refreshing to work at a place where they constantly look at and say, "How do we fuck this up? How can we make it better?" 
and they have big conferences about it. That's a awesome. healthy thing to do. Yeah, no kidding. So, well, when I found out that you were uh, going to get a job there, I started looking into it again, and I was like, oh wow, like this is this looks and feels different. At least the videos that I've seen. Yeah, no, they completely redid it. Yeah. It's yeah. All right, no more shilling. All right, go check it out. And with that, we're done.